Hello, Hawks fans, and welcome to another episode of the Kettlecast with your host, Forrest Willoughby. On this episode of the Kettlecast, we're going to look back at the Hawks games against the Philadelphia 76ers and the Orlando Magic. Without further ado, let's get into it. The Hawks are in the midst of three days off after having a very long four-game homestand, which was nice for the team that did not have a lot of either of those before the All-Star break. We did get some clarification on Clint Capella and Skyla Bissier with Chris Kirshner, Sarah Spencer, Brad Rowland all reporting that uh, both players have been upgraded so that they can participate in impact activities, which I guess means just more serious practice than they had been doing whether that was non-contact beforehand. DeAndre Bembry is also participating in more practice activities, um, but it's unclear when he's going to come back. Dwayne Deadman should be available for Friday, and Cam Reddish also should be available to play the Wizards on Friday as well. And the Hawks are saying that with these upgrades for both Clint Capella and Scala Bissier, that they will be reevaluated in another two weeks. That's another six games that they're going to miss. And Kevin Chouillard, who writes for the Hawks posted that this means that the most amount of games that either player will be able to play in would be 13 and it probably won't be even that many Um, this is pretty frustrating just from a scouting process to see how the players would play with you know the rest of the Hawks team but uh, I think that's really more important for Scala Bissier who is not signed for multiple years after this one Clint Capella is under contract going forward I don't think it's as important for the Hawks to see what Clint can do. It's obviously better to see what he can do in game uh, game situations rather than just in practice, but the Hawks are going to have him going forward, and Clint's health is obviously the most important thing for the Hawks. For Skyla Bissier, I think it's important to get him out on the court because he could be a free agent in this upcoming offseason. I know the Hawks would love to keep him. I think Schlink has said that he had his eye on Skyla Bissier even when he was back at Golden State, but Getting to see both players in live game action is obviously the best way to see how they're going to contribute going forward. In this episode, I'm just going to be talking about the Hawks' two games against the Philadelphia 76ers and the Orlando Magic, and specifically looking at those games and what went wrong. Both of these games were losses for the Hawks, and they happened in kind of, there's some overlap, but there are also some differences in these games. So we'll just go through them one by one, and then talk about those differences and um, similarities. But going into Philadelphia, the Hawks had won a really dramatic game over the Dallas Mavericks and one that the Mavericks are challenging or sending up to the office to be uh, looked at at whether there needs to be a replay for the end of the game because of the goaltending situation. I haven't seen anything explicit about this, but I highly doubt that the NBA is going to do anything about the end of this game. And it was just a really great win for the Hawks in a game that they were kind of behind a lot of the game and then were able to really get play strong at the end and get a win but the Hawks went up to Philly to play the 76ers who were just wonderful at home the 76ers went into this game 25 and 2 at home and despite the frustrations that uh some of Philly fans have had with Joel Embiid and Joel Embiid right back at Philly fans Embiid came out and had a monster game this was a really wild game it almost felt like three different games The first quarter, Philadelphia just really took it to the Hawks, dropped 41 points in that first quarter, built this huge 17-point lead, and it felt like 
Oh, the Hawks are not even going to comp- compete in this game at all. The Hawks did not give up. They uh, scored 28 points to the Phillies, 28 points in the second quarter. And then to start the second half, they dropped 40 points to the Phillies, 22 in the third quarter. And were able to tie the game. Unfortunately, getting to the fourth quarter, the 76ers took the lead and would not relinquish it. The Hawks were able to tie it briefly, but Joel Embiid went off, ended the game with 49 points, and the Hawks were never able to really get back into contact after getting uh, tying this game after being down over 20 points. So it was just a wild game. Again, that first quarter felt like a shellacking. The Hawks were able to work all the way back. There were some really awesome performances. I especially thought DeAndre Hunter had a wonderful game. John Collins had a nice game. But all that work to get back, and then in the fourth quarter, the Hawks just sort of fell apart. And a big part of that was just Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid ended the night with 49 points, like I said. He played 36 minutes, had 14 rebounds, went to the free throw line 15 times, made 14 of those, uh, hit a three at the end of the game, ended up getting a fine afterwards because he uh, flipped off Kevin Herter. And just the Hawks had no answer for Joel Embiid. Again, having Clint Capella... Um, would have been a big help. Dwayne Dedman didn't have a very big game. He had five fouls in about 14 minutes of play. And uh, although John Collins played about 40 minutes and had a really nice game getting 21 points, um, he only had nine rebounds. And the Hawks just had no answer for Joel, who, no matter who got switched on to him. I know that uh, Vince Carter had his chances guarding Joel. Uh, DeAndre Hunter, the Hawks just had no answer. Um, the Hawks, got, like I said, got a really nice performance from John Collins. DeAndre Hunter had a really nice game. He was only 6 of 19 from the field, 1 of 6 from three-point land, but he got to the free-throw line 10 times and made 9 of those. Uh, Trey Young, again, the 76ers don't really have an answer for Trey Young, and Trey Young didn't have one of his amazing games, but he had 28 points, 10 assists, 7 rebounds, almost went for the triple-double. He was only 2 of 11 from three, and Trey has been struggling as of late from his with his three-pointer. It's continued on even in the wins that the Hawks have had. But um, going 2 of 11 from 3 obviously isn't great. Uh, off the bench, they got 10 points from both Bruno Fernando and Cam Reddish. And I thought Bruno Fernando has really picked up his play a little, a little bit, or, or at least his consistency. And for him to get 10 points, and he, he was thrown in the game a lot. He played 22 minutes with Dwayne Dedman almost fouling out in 14 minutes. So it was a nice game from Dwayne Dedman. Finally, the other big contributor for the Hawks, Jeff Teague played about 18 minutes. He had four points, got two assists, four rebounds. Um, But the Hawks just had no answer for Joel Embiid. Uh, Philly also had a nice game from Tobias Harris. He was four of six from the three-point lane, um, 25 points, six rebounds, and four assists. Shake Milton who recently just had 39 points against the Clippers. He has really stuck the Hawks a couple times this season. He ended the game um, with just seven points, but he had six assists picking up the slack uh, with no Ben Simmons for the 76ers. Um, Again, it was just sort of a really strange game. Basketball is a game of runs, and the... 76ers opened this game with a 14-0 run after the Hawks had scored the first buckets of the game. They finished the first on a 10-2 run and 
did not really let up. The Hawks then went on a couple runs of their own, and the runs in the third quarter that really uh, got the Hawks back into it, they started the second half with a 7-0 and run. They had a 10-0 and run in the middle of the quarter, and then they finished an 8-0 run. Um, John Collins was part of almost that entire quarter. Kevin Herter and Trey Young were also part of that, and it was really encouraging to see the Hawks fight back. They got down by as much as 20 points in this game, and that in the past, the Hawks have been susceptible to just letting that game go and, and not get back into it. So for them to fight back and tie the game going into the fourth quarter on a really awesome just uh, Coach Pierce was able to get Trey back into the game at the end of the quarter, and Trey hit you know a three to close it and tie it and it felt like the Hawks had momentum when it turned out they did not and um Joel Embiid just went off with a monster um again this is why some people get frustrated with Joel Embiid because he goes out and has performances like this where he goes for 49 points um and it's just a monster that can't be stopped it didn't feel like it it started that way but uh Joel Embiid was really able to close so you know, you go up and you have a competent effort against the Philly, Philadelphia 76ers, a team that you've had their number, it seems like, this summer, this season. Um, and with their record at what it is at home, to put up a good effort is nice. But, uh, you know, when you have chances to get wins, you got to get those wins. Um, the Hawks are extremely young, and I think that really contributes to some of their lack of focus at end of games and their lack of consistency game to game. But, um, it's good to see their fight. It's good to see them get back into a game where they're down by so much, but, uh, it almost goes all for naught if you lose, end up losing by 17 points, 112 to 129. So the Hawks had this really weird game where it was super disappointing to start with, super encouraging in the middle of it. You get a really nice performance from DeAndre Hunter, and then it kind of all goes out the window in the fourth quarter. Um, and so the Hawks took a tough loss in Philadelphia and they're coming back and they get to play a Orlando magic team that is fighting to stay in the playoffs. Um, you know, as bad as the Hawks started in Philadelphia, they had a very nice start to the game in Atlanta against the, uh, Orlando magic. They actually won the first quarter 27 to 23. And it looked like the Hawks were gonna, um, kind of shake off some of the, bad habits that they had in that Philadelphia game. And it, what really turned out not to be is Mo Bamba got going. Um, Trey Young had a nice block on Mo Bamba. Mo Bamba is seven feet tall. Um, and Trey got a block on him going to the basket. And it was like, okay, we're getting this great performance. And then Mo, Mo Bamba came out and hit three threes in the second quarter. Um, and Orlando ended up putting up 41 points in that second quarter, taking a lead or having the game be tied going into halftime. And uh, the Hawks never really got contact after that. They ended up losing this game 130 to 120. Um, and freaking Evan Fournier ended up really closing the game for the Hawks, or for the Magic against the Hawks. I thought a really big possession or swing of events happened in the second quarter when the Hawks were up six. And DJ Augustine, who has just always been a thorn in the side of the Hawks hit hit a really kind of ridiculous shot um, and got fouled and so that six point lead went to three when he made the free throw um, and the Magic would come down and hit another three pointer to tie the game and so a six point lead really evaporated super quickly again 
Um, Mo Bamba hitting three threes in one period is pretty ridiculous. He is a, a solid three-point shooter, but you don't expect him to hit three threes, and it was sort of reminiscent of Tristan Thompson hitting three-pointers against the Hawks in Cleveland when the Hawks lost in Cleveland. Um, and I don't know if that just goes to, you know, the Hawks are really missing Clint Capella. They're, the Hawks, you know, miss Dwayne Dedman when he hasn't been in the, the lineup, and um, I've tried to not be as hard. Or I've, I have thought that Damian Jones has played a lot better later in the season than he did to start the season, but the Hawks have, they don't get out and really challenge those guys, especially after they've hit one. Um, and that really swung the game in the Magic's favor. Uh, again, that third quarter was really disastrous for the Hawks. The Magic went on two big runs, 11-0 to, to zero run and a 13-3 to three run that really just blew open the game. And Evan Fournier was a monster in the fourth quarter and really kept the Hawks from ever getting back into contact. So just two brutal losses, and uh, we're not going to get to the next couple games, but if you know any sort of goodwill after coming out of the gate after the All-Star break so hot was kind of lost just because you go into Philadelphia and kind of lay an egg, get back into it, and then lose by so many, and then you come home and get blown out, really, by the magic. And it can be frustrating. I mean, the 76ers are going to be in the top half of uh, one of the top four seeds coming out of the Eastern Conference. The Magic are fighting to get into the playoffs at all. Um, and if the Hawks, not that the Hawks have a huge chance to get in the playoffs, but if they had any hopes of getting into the playoffs, that Magic game was a really big one. And they just really didn't didn't perform up in a way that would uh, get them the win. Some big performances for the Hawks. Trey Young had 37 points, 11 assists. Again, he was only 4 of 12 from three-point land. He did get the free throw line 14 times and made 13 of them. John Collins had 26 points, uh, 7 rebounds, and 4 assists. Uh, Cam Reddish and Jeff Teague both came off the bench to have double digits. Cam had 14 points and Jeff 12. Um, Cam hit two of four threes, so it's good to see his three points, uh, three point shot going in for the Magic. They got 25 points from Aaron Gordon. They got 28 points from Evan Fournier. We'll come back to Fournier later. Uh, Nikola Vucevic ended up with 17, and uh, James Ennis had 12 points. Off the bench, they had two players in double digits, Terrence Ross, 14 points, and Mo Bamba, 3 of 4 from the three-point line, 4 of 6 from the free-throw line, had 15 points, got his revenge after getting blocked by Trey, um, but had a really nice game off the bench. And then DJ Augustine, who always, always gets the Hawks, had 9 points, two of four from three-point land and his one three-point play, but um, just a very balanced effort. I will say the Hawks didn't give up a ton to Nikola Vucevic, who's normally the guy that will take out the Hawks, and um, that says a lot to both John Collins had a monster game and Bruno Fernando, but also the Magic did not need a lot from Vucevic with Fournier going off like he did. Aaron Gordon again. Aaron Gordon was three or four from the, from the three-point land. Um, and when Mo Bamba comes in and gives you 15 points, you don't need uh, Nikola Vucevic to give you 28 or anything. So very balanced attack from the Magic, and it was just not the best performance from the Hawks. Um, they didn't do anything, like, too awful. They had only nine turnovers, um, but they just didn't <laughs> didn't have the energy, could not beat the Magic at home. Um, looking at both these games, some of the overlaps 
in the losses was the three-point shooting. Um, both the 76ers and the Magic shot 40% or better on the three-pointers. 76ers, Furkan Korkmaz and Tobias Harris hit seven of their 13 threes. And the Magic shot 44% with Mo Bamba making three, Terrence Ross hitting three, and Aaron Gordon hitting three. And those three players, Bamba, Ross, and Aaron Gordon, all combined to shoot 64%. If teams are going to shoot over 40% against you from the three-point line, there's not a lot that you can do to to win the game. It's just that that's a lot of three-pointers. And especially the Hawks need to be better at getting out on good three-point shooters. For the 76ers, Korkmaz is literally only on the court to shoot three-pointers. He's a tall player. His job is to shoot threes, and you've got to get out to him and contest those threes. Uh, Tobias Harris was on fire or just shooting the ball really well. He's a threat to take it into the the paint, but the Hawks have to be a little bit better, I think, at contesting known three-point shooters. For the Magic, Terrence Ross, both Bob and Dominique talked about it. Terrence Ross has always been good at shooting threes against the Hawks. Um, and one thing that I notice watching the Hawks sometimes is they let the the player get that first three to go. Um, and often it just takes one shot for a shooter to suddenly start making a bunch. But the Hawks, it feels like, don't always get out to contest three-point shooters. And they allow them to make that first one kind of easy. And it's just going to kind of spiral out of control from there. So getting out to three-point shooting um, – needs to be a focus for the Hawks, or at least not letting known three-point shooters get as good looks as they have been getting. The Hawks shot poorly in Philadelphia on three-pointers. They went 8 of 41, but they ended up shooting 36% from three against the Magic, 13 for 36. They shot pretty well, but when you're giving up 44%, 36%'s not going to get it done. Another overlap on both these games is fourth quarters. Uh, the Hawks allowed one player on each team to really go off, and against the Sixers, it was Joel Embiid. In the fourth quarter alone, Joel Embiid was 7 of 10 from the field, had 22 points, 8 rebounds, 2 of those offensive, and got to the free throw line 8 times. Um, Joel Embiid getting 22 points in a quarter is not a recipe for the Hawks to get a win. In the Magic game, Evan Fournier really closed it for the Magic down the stretch. They went to him. He was hot. He went 5 of 7 from the field, 14 points, and got to the free throw line 6 attempts. The Hawks are super young. They foul a lot. You can't be giving these guys easy buckets. As hard as it is to win in the league, to give uh, good shooters, both Embiid and Fournier are good free throw shooters, easy shots at the um, at the free throw line. It's just not a recipe to get wins. Um, and and just again, it helps these guys get going. Um, you know, star players are star players because they close games, and the Hawks are kind of allowing that to happen now. Not having Clint Capella and uh, just not having anyone who's able to stop Evan Fournier for whatever what reason. You just got to get the ball out of their hands. I think the Hawks have done a little bit better of starting to blitz guys and try to other uh, defensive styles, whether it be zone or whatever, to get the ball out of certain guys' hands. But um, if you let one player really get hot, it's just really difficult to win games in the NBA. Finally, on the Hawks' side of the ball, John Collins is not getting enough shots in the fourth quarter. In the 76ers game, he was 1 of 4, and in the Magic game, he's 1 of 3. John Collins gets a lot of his game running up and down the court, being the energy guy. Uh, he relies a little bit on Trey to get him alley-oops and things like that. But for a player who's having as great a month of February as he had, 
it just can't end up with John Collins only having one shot in the fourth quarter when it comes to winning time. He's too good of a player, and Trey's too good of a passer for this guy to only be getting four shots. He needs to be getting, I mean, you saw from that, Evan Fournier had 10 shots, or Evan Fournier had seven shots in the fourth quarter. Joel Embiid had 10 shots. Get John Collins the ball more consistently. Let your best player take some shots. Finally, Trey did not have great fourth quarters in either of these games. He was 4 of 10 in the 76ers game. He was 1 of 9 in the Magic game. He just got to, he's got to play a little bit better. And I don't know if he's getting tired at the end of these games against teams he has to play a lot of minutes against. But, you know, some of those shots need to be going to John Collins and they need to help balance things out a little bit. Some of the differences in this game, in these two games, the Hawks got off to an atrocious start in Philadelphia and had to work all the way back into the game. Against the Magic, they came out and had a wonderful first quarter and had a lead going through, but were unable to sustain that. And getting back to the youth and lack of focus, I I do think that the Hawks sometimes let these runs that other teams go on really affect how they're doing, whether it's shot making or defense on the other side. The Hawks do a lot of not getting an easy look on offense, and then whatever the shot they took, they're allowing teams to get really good looks in the transition, and that stretches a 5-0 run into a 7-9-0 or run. Or instead of it being a 5-2 run or the Hawks getting an easy bucket or some sort of free throw, just the Hawks have to do themselves a favor and not allow these teams to get easy buckets, whether it be at the free throw line, in transition, um, or off a turnover. So, um, you know, the biggest difference in those two games was the start of the first quarter. And I thought it was interesting that the Hawks got off to a slow start in Philadelphia and got off to a really nice start at home against the Magic. But both ended up being the same result as a double-digit loss, um, a double-digit loss by the Hawks. Uh, going forward, we're going to see how they did against, uh, you know, the Trailblazers and the Brooklyn Nets and also the Grizzlies. And we'll see if they're able to take anything from these losses and turn into a more consistent team. I think having all these games at home, that four-game home stand was really nice, and now having three days off where they can actually have a full day off, come back to practice. Hopefully they've got this news from Scal and Clint Capella, some encouraging news going forward. Also that Dwayne Dedman's coming back and Cam Reddish as well. But that they take some of these things that have been issues for them and turn it into strengths. I think one thing that's a big problem is you didn't hear me say a name like Kevin Herter. Kevin Herter hasn't really stepped out um, or out of this little bit of a funk he's in or really stood out at all. And I, you, know, you want to see more consistency from Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter. But there were two really frustrating losses. I know especially the 76ers having Embiid really taunt the Hawks and frankly be a, a clown at the end of that game. And then to lose to the Magic when the Magic aren't aren't the greatest team and certainly don't have a star, and it feels like with John Collins and Trey Young, the Hawks should be able to win that game at home. Those are two really frustrating losses, and I think the issues in the fourth quarter are something the Hawks can look at a lot. Thank you for catching this longer edition of the KettleCast. You can reach me at KettleCast at gmail.com. If you could leave a rating or review on whatever platform you use to get your podcast, that'd be a big help to me. And if you come back, we're going to go through the Hawks games against the Brooklyn Nets, the Cleveland Portland Trailblazers, and 
the Memphis Grizzlies, although it may not be any longer than Coach Lloyd Pierce's press conference after the Grizzlies game when we come back. Go Hawks! <laughs> 